Let me introduce you to the elements. Hey, you, I heard you shining, but I got that gold membership. I rose from the bush like Valentine's petals from an unstable family of alkaline metals. Hitting prime time like Channel 5 specials, and I never handle rocks like Palestine rebels with pebbles. The antics and antiquities and Mr. Steez always got a trick up my sleeve. Miss, please, ancient magic of witchcraft. Skip class, and I barely just passed. A young grasshopper that's trying to switch pads. She trying to get bent like light when it hits glass bong smoke got me blazed as hell burning weight like them 47 j's i scale you can tell by the amazing smell and my eyes stay tight like i'm asian wow my man dirty had the booty just to put me in the right mind. yeah you are Never die as long as we got real shows like this holding us down. Yeah. Yeah. What up, yep. Dormit, 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 Dormit? You take them heaters away from you and you're nothing. You know that? You take the good goods away and the kickbacks and a shakedown cabbage and a pistol arrows and you're nothing. Your guts is all in your wallet and your trigger finger. You know that? You think you're God Almighty, but you know what you are? You're a cheap, lousy, dirty, stinking mug. And I'm glad what I've done to you. You hear that? Uh, we got Brandon Jenkins here from Complex. Yo, wear your headphones. Here. Oh, yeah. Just stuck it out. Yo, so right now, Brandon and Show Me are here. And yep. Darmic is scrambling to make something happen. But until then, you know what? We don't need any music because we got enough star power here. <laughs> and you know what? On any day, I'd rather have star power than music. And I'd rather have bright minds than music because you can find music anywhere. Brandon Jenkins, how you feel today, man? I'm doing all right, man. Um, I was hoping I was going to make it here on time. I'm a little late, but um, I actually just got in from Detroit like a couple hours ago. No way. I've been running around, man. We uh, went on like a 24-hour situation with uh, Big Sean. So like we dipped from New York at like 3 a.m., actually Jersey, then went to Atlanta, then Detroit, and now I'm here. Yeah, now you're here. How, how's everything in Detroit? Did you buy yourself a house? No, I did not buy <laughs> myself a house. Detroit is actually very real. Um, I saw some really, really legit music fans, like young, young kids that are like really about it. Like we were asking if they heard Big Sean's album. Everybody's like, yo, we don't do leaks out here. Like we wait for the real the real thing. Yeah, I, I always felt like and, and you guys correct me and I, I spoke about this with, with uh Black Milk and any of my friends from Detroit, that people from Detroit just tend not to leave one. They have hometown pride and they'll always go back and and support their city. I know that Jack White lived in Detroit for a long time and I think he may have eventually just moved from Detroit, which is crazy, right? Marshall Mathers still lives in Detroit. Yeah. Of <laughs> I have never been there, which is interesting. There's their their hometown pride is huge. I think it's all spots like that. Like uh show me here, he's from VA and VA is like the same thing. Like they're like it's like with those spots that are kinda overlooked, but you know like the people there are super legit. Yeah. Push is still there. Still there. He was thinking about DC a long time ago, but we're like, yo, DC you can't just walk into a convenience store with your sandals on and get a sandwich at three AM. So that, I think that kept him there. Yeah, when when I think of, of DC like crazy DC, I don't know if you've ever seen this movie called DC Cab. No. Nah. Alright, DC Cab 
For anyone in the audience who really digs a cool movie, go check DC Cab. It's basically about a cab company, 1980s, you know, DC, and like everything that can go wrong goes wrong. Like the cabs are all janky, all the cab drivers are janky, and you know, I as a New Yorker who grew up in grimy New York, like the real New York, yeah, real New York whatever you want to call that because everyone has their own definition of, of gray mean new york and what's real new york but in new york where it felt kind of dangerous i i kind of long for those times and i really enjoy hearing about cities that are still like that you know a city where you could walk into you know a real estate auction and buy a house at a decent price you know and as you know in detroit you can buy a house if you have you know decent credit and you know, a few dollars. Yeah. Like, if you have sneaker money, you could probably get a crit. I, know, I was just at Detroit two weeks ago. Yeah? Yeah. Did did you get the urge to uh, buy a place? Um, I, I, I was at an abandoned building, so I don't know if I could... <laughs> yeah. I had the same experience. I was We broke into an abandoned building to shoot a Prime video. Wow. So, That's sick. So, and it was cold. Very cold. It was super cold in Detroit. But you know I knew Detroit was real? I was... I was talking to like fans in the crowd about Big Sean and some dude out of nowhere asked me about Emily Oberg. Oh, no way. Yo, word. I was like, well, really in Detroit? Like, Emily's international right now. Or at least national. Yeah, Emily's here, but she her, she's not mic'd up yet. Uh, we're, we're still trying to work that out. But Emily is here. Emily, can you give a yell? What up? That's Emily in the background. So right now, we're talking about Detroit. Uh... Which is an odd way to start the show, because obviously we're not in Detroit, but Brandon Jenkins of Complex just landed from... What were you guys doing with Big Sean out there? Um, it was his album launch on Tuesday, so we were kind of just experiencing the that moment with him, so we kind of caught up with him in the morning. This dude, like, there's he always talks about working hard, and you're like, all right, what does that really mean? This dude legitimately works hard. Like, he hadn't slept in, like, two days. I saw him maybe sleep for 20 minutes. And that was it. He was just going the whole day. So we kind of, we chopped it up. We did radio promo with him. Kind of saw his vibe. He's well-respected a lot of these different stations. We got a chance to kick it with Ricky Smiley, who's hilarious. Then we shot over to Detroit. He did an album signing. We went to Best Buy, copped like a whole bunch of his albums and people in the store knew who he was. And then we saw him perform for his fans. Dude had a line that was like 400 plus kids. And the place was to shut down at nine. He stayed there to like maybe 1040 until like the last kid left. Yeah, which is great. I mean, overall, to be a successful entertainer, you know, part of it is showing up, and then part of it is part of it. Another big part of it is showing up with a good attitude For sure. and really wanting to give your fans, you know, the time of their life. Or you know, if if one if if you're lucky enough to have fans to the point that they will come out and support you, that's a great thing. But while your fans are in your presence. You want to give them all of you, and you really want to show them that you appreciate them coming out. And I know that that show me work works with a lot of lot of artists, and he does a lot of video work. And we're going to get into that in a bit. But I'm sure Show Me can attest to this that when you're around the star who really enjoys what they're doing, it's a much different experience than being around someone who's either jaded to the point that they don't care, or you know just bored with what they're doing. So. Yeah. You know, Big Sean looks like he's having a good time, and he's he's really basking in the moment and appreciates the the gifts that that God has given him, right? For sure. Yep. Show me. So you go to Detroit, you film a Prime video, you broke into an abandoned house warehouse. 
Yeah. How does um, that work? I think, okay, so Kino, Royce's manager, he's kind of helping me produce it. He uh, scouted originally a church, an abandoned church. And I was like, look, the reason we want to shoot in Detroit is because I don't think Royce has actually shot that many videos in Detroit. It's mainly been in New York or L.A. So I was like, you know, M has shot videos out there. And I was like, look, you know, with the budget we have, I don't think we need an art budget as far as creating a set, things like that. We just got to break in somewhere, you know. And uh, I think Kino has a lot of connects there, too, with, like, the cops and things like that as far as, you know, getting permits and things like that. So we don't have to, like, totally go rogue status with it. But it was, it was cool. You know, originally it was a church. And then I landed. And the day I landed, I, I said, hey, let's at least scout it out, you know. It looked like the ceilings were about to fall off, and I was like, yo, there's no way we're shooting here. And so then we ended up riding around all day looking for the next abandoned house, which you wouldn't think would be a challenge, but maybe things are, you know, getting better. And uh, it, it was a little hard. I mean, because we were trying to go for a certain aesthetic, I wanted, like, I wanted to be grimy, but not so grimy that we're going to get ourselves killed. I remember, like, everybody in Detroit, and I don't want to talk negative, but, like, is strapped up you know like yeah <laughs> we we as soon as i i went into this building the guy who was like the production company owner uh for all the rentals and stuff he he went with us to scout the location and he just bust out like a gun and i was like whoa dude he's like yeah there might be a homeless guy in there and he might be strapped up too i was like dude you guys are insane what are you talking about yeah but from what <laughs> i hear one of the biggest problems in detroit is the response time by the police yeah you know like you could you know get injured in your house and there's a good chance that it's going to take an hour or so for the police to get to your house and that that's something i've heard from people who live in detroit and and from what i follow you know of what's going on in detroit i i am guilty of kind of looking at you know the ruins of detroit and seeing the beauty in it same although there although there is no beauty in it because here's a city that was a major powerhouse major city of america and and industry and now it's just fallen into ish and but i think there's a certain person who could look at it yeah, especially being in New York, there's not one place we can go in New York today. We can't go to uh, a bed or a neighborhood where buildings are, are burnt out. Mm-hmm. You know, and, that, and that's a good thing. Yeah. You know, but there, you know, with those burnt out buildings is a lot of opportunity, and the the city of Detroit is welcoming of of people coming in and starting up their businesses there. Yeah. And that's that's great. You know, the downside of Detroit, and and Brandon brought this up, is the weather. It's stupid cold. Dude, we got off the plane and it felt like someone was ripping my skin off. And I was like, yo, when people talk about it, it's cold because I'd never been to Detroit before. I was like, you guys aren't you guys aren't lying. Like I can't imagine like being a kid and walking to school in that weather. I was like, yo, we're gonna have an eight hour shoot. It turned into a four hour shoot because even being inside, you know, there's no heating or anything and all the like so many things exposed bringing in all the cold weather from the outside in inside and uh yeah, we were miserable while we were shooting it, but at the same time, kind of as we were coming towards like wrapping up, we were really happy with how everything was turning out. Yeah, just because it's like, yo, you cannot pay an art director to create this. Like, uh, I guess you know, kids go in there and actually do graffiti everywhere, you know, and it's just like, uh, really, it just looked like a set of a movie that we didn't have to pay for, and you know, I was really excited about just looking at everything, you know, inside. This is. 
WNYU 89 to the Wizun, the sound of the slums. Peter Oasis, Darmic X is here. Uh, Awit Show Me Patwari. Am, am I saying that correctly? Show Me. Yes. Show Me is a video director. You may be very familiar with his videos. There's one in particular that I like, uh, the Rocky video that you did uh, where they take shots at uh, Hood by Air. <laughs> I, I think that that's such a great video. And the realness of that video, and, and you seem to capture, you know, you got dudes doing like the uh, exercises and push-ups and whatnot. Like, that's some real hood stuff. And, to, you know, I, I always feel that, that rappers nowadays do not want to glorify the hood where they come from. They kind of want to just go straight into the, I'm cool, I look good, I, I, I look rich. I think a lot of rappers... um they're not really from the hood anymore, you know? Like, dudes yeah. would be like, yo, man, I was out doing this. And it's like, nah, man, you're from, like, you know, like like Jersey. You know what I mean? Or you're from somewhere, like, that's well-to-do. And so the aesthetics look like that. When you ask them to tell the story, they don't have it. And they definitely don't want to go there, you know? I mean, Rocky's from Harlem. And, it, you know, now he's got this amazing place in Beverly Hills and this other amazing place in uh, New York. And I'm like, yo, why don't we shoot out in L.A., man? The weather... He's like, nah, dude, we're shooting in Harlem again. Like, we're uh, we're planning another video uh right now and same thing he's just like nah dude i'm sticking to where i'm from you know it's just like yeah. it's just the vibe the energy is just different you know you can't can't, you can't yeah you can't recreate these things like just like the detroit thing you know you, you you can't hire an art director to create these uh the mood and the lighting and things that are just naturally there so can i ask he, you a question you know, yeah Do, the young Gleesh footwork. Whose idea was that, man? That's like my favorite part of the video. That was uh, Rocky and Yams, rest in peace, man. It was the, the, that was them because when we uh, put the video together, I mean, we were inspired by like a lot of old hype Williams videos mixed with like '80s movies, like uh, Colors, things like that. So we were just like the way we come up with treatment, especially like people that I'm like really tight with. It's just more of a hangout session. We'll hang out in the studio and we'll just like get ADD with it and just get on this youtube black hole of like just you ever been in a youtube hole where you're just like going from one video after another and after another and like oh crap we just spent three hours like what did we do you know was this constructive at all you know sometimes it is because that influence kind of like comes back into the treatments and things like that and so me and rocky have this habit of just like starting with one video and we'll go into like 20 videos and by that so are you finding your inspiration on youtube (laughs) you know sometimes youtube sometimes just being around with all these guys just there, you know, they're all characters, you know, and like the going back to the whole Gleesh thing, you know, we wanted to incorporate a dance in the video somewhere in there. And I didn't know it was going to be Gleesh, but like when we went to LA to shoot the uh, part with the big displays, uh, the Gleesh part just came out of nowhere because Ro- Ro- Rocky hadn't even arrived yet. I was already on set to like kind of create the backdrop visuals to get those things right. You know, we were creating all these like, motion graphics pieces that was going in the background rocky's like oh by the way uh can we just add this and he's very he's like a you know sometimes i think artists don't understand uh what it takes to make what those, it things takes those things happen but you want to keep them happy and rocky was like oh by the way can we just like add these like visuals to this big led screen uh you know we're gonna just do this dance thing i was like all right, I'm I'm used to like just saying yes to them about these things. I was like, you know what? I'm not even gonna argue that it's not possible. So, and I knew they were gonna like 
just it'll be it'll be worth it because I, I he showed me a reference like yo you got to check out this dance that he does i want you to do something like different with it though i was like all right cool so like me being inspired by a lot of like the old diddy videos with the crazy uh sparks and all these things in the background and it's funny because uh one of diddy's guys recently hit us up and was like were you guys inspired by some of our old videos? I was like, actually, we were. And then it was funny, Diddy, you know, he's still on that uh, cocky tip, and he was just like, but you guys aren't making movies like we did back then. <laughs> it was kind of funny. Now, but, and that's a good point, because yeah. c- coming into this this interview, all I thought about, and, and I've been thinking about since Dharmic kind of mentioned that you were headed up here, I was like, being a video director in music today, definitely different from the Hype Williams days where <laughs> you were given a budget of a million plus. Oh, yeah. And with that budget, if you needed a yacht, and you'll get a yacht. If you needed the best special effects guy in town, you'll have it, oh. you know, with no problem. And But with that comes, I think, a lack of creativity. I think when you have less, especially as an artist, when you have less and you're really put in a position where you got to look deep, deep, deep inside and figure out ways to to bring your ideas to life like it puts you in a better situation i mean because right now show me your 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 videos are so great and it has a raw feel and i'm think you know if someone threw a a million dollar budget i'm sure you would do amazing things with it but using what you have now to create you're you're doing great and i I don't know if you were around for the million dollar budget days or high players days So, so tell us more about that uh, the million dollar days. I wasn't a director, really. I was shooting behind the scenes, and uh, when you were sh- the behind the scenes budget for what music video budgets are now, so it's kind of interesting. <laughs> you know, they're back then. It's like, oh hey, you know, um, Pharrell and Family's got the single coming out. You know, the music video budget's not that high. It's like maybe hundred k, but you know, we'll throw you like ten k to shoot behind the scenes. And now, if you, Damn. the guy that's shooting behind the scenes is going to be the intern. There's no budget for behind the scenes, you know. So it, it's so funny. Like I went from shooting behind the scenes, you know, getting that kind of money for that, if not more, sometimes depending on who the artist and the label was, uh, to now having to use that same budget to actually make the video happen and not capture what's how it's being made. Jeez, it's kind of uh, interesting the times we're living in right now. I mean, good times? No, I mean... Uh, You know, it's good and bad, because every once in a while, I will get a high-budget video. Um, Like, just last week... uh, No, not last week. Two weeks ago, I just shot a a video for Ty Dolla Sign featuring Charlie XCX and Tanache. And, you know, that was like an 80K budget, you know? But um, when you finally get, like, those 80K, 100K budgets, the creative budget that's left is still the same. So... That budget, not to put anybody on blast, but the, you know the label wants to protect the artist uh, and just keep that glamour still when they're spending that kind of money. So it's just like, okay, before you would want to work with somebody that would hook you up with like a uh, stylist that'll do it for the love. Now it's like, you know what? We'll still spend like ten thousand dollars on the stylist, and then they're like, everybody's got to have trailers. So you know, three trailers. Everybody's working union jobs, so there's no way you can. Uh, pay everybody overtime go 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 shoot that extra ninth you know hour that you're supposed to shoot so sometimes you're actually more limited with a budget surprisingly uh, it's actually a challenge to like it, it's it's a challenge that i've been dealing with because like um i know how to do a 10k 20k maybe even a 30k budget but when you're starting to mess with the label's money and it's 80k and they're like hey this is not one of those budgets where we'll shoot it and we can reshoot it again 
that's when a lot of problem solving comes on and you tend to make a lot less money on the bigger budget videos because you want to have less responsibility so like with the adk budget i'm not i'm maybe making five percent of that budget and giving it to a production company that's really going to just take over to get get the guys that's going to do catering and make sure everybody's taken care of there's a porta potty outside you know you're not going to a convenience store real quick to you know do your thing it's just like everything's legit still but like still doesn't leave you with all the you know creative budget to still get squeezed Yo, you're listening to 89.1 FM WNYU, Peter Oasis, Dharmic X. Emily Oberg is in the cut. Shomi Patwari is a video director and a pretty good one. Uh, Brandon Jenkins is an awesome personality on your TV. Uh, this is WNYU. Dharmic is there. Dharmic, can you test that microphone, man? It works. I know it works. We, we've come a long way, man, because that, that side mic, when we first started to use it, was really nervous. Yeah, I, I didn't know how to use the board, and I didn't know how to use the the turntable, like the mixer. So now I actually know how to use everything in the studio, and, and it works out pretty well. It, what what it about good. Emily's mic, man? Emily's just she's playing with is her hair. Working? Yeah. Emily <laughs> Oberg, how do you feel today, my friend? Good. Happy. And tired. <laughs> Good, happy, and tired. That's the winning combination. That's the magic three. <laughs> put it all together. Three is a magic number. Speaking of three is the magic number, I just want to put a little plug in. The next week is our one-year anniversary here. Yes. Since I've joined the show. and we Since have, we've been in W3 Radio. Yeah, we have an awesome week, uh, an awesome show put together. I, we're trying to find some rappers. If you're a rapper in the audience Don't. and you feel you have Stop. skills. Don't. No, no, no. Because this is how great things... We're not just going to invite you up here. But if you okay. want to show us your rapping skills, no. send a SoundCloud link to NW3 no. Radio at WNYU.org. That's NW3 Radio. Radio at WNYU.org. Send us some music and we will listen to it because, to be quite honest, yes. we listen to a lot of music. Darmic and I spend at least six hours a week combing every last popular and, you know, random blog. And we live on SoundCloud. We, we live on the internet and we probably spend more than that Cons- considering how much time it takes us to make the mixes. Like, we probably spend way more than that like actually listening to all the music to pick the mixes. It's a daily struggle and, and we check everything. We're not, like, you, you hear what we play. Like, I, we, I mean, we you have everything. to. If, if you're a music guy, you claim to be a music guy and you should always be looking for new talent because... You, you should be scrubbing through the internet. Yes. A, a, a music man is only, you know, his, his reputation is only made by continuing to find and, and bring light to new artists. You but, can't rest on what you've done 30 years ago. But here's a confession for me, and I don't know if it's the same for all you guys, but I prefer to, like, find music. Like, I prefer to go out there and find stuff online, like through SoundCloud and other platforms. I would rather find it than get it submitted to me. And, and it's weird. Like, I, I don't know what, what it is about, like, having something sent to me versus, like, like just randomly finding it you know what's weird is like kids on the internet now will hit me up like yo man check out my mixtape and sometimes i don't but sometimes i do and i find stuff that i like Mm -hmm. um it's also weird though because when they send stuff and if you're like this is dope now you've you've gone down like this like tunnel of you've gone down the rabbit hole 
how can this guy's like, all right, how are you going to make me Jay Z? And you're like, look, I just think this is hot. Yeah. But <laughs> I think it. when you find music, you feel like more ownership to it because there's so much music. So it's like the reverse effect of back in the day where you're like, yo, send me music. So you have to listen to the radio. Now there's so much. So then when you find it, it stands out a little bit. Mm-hmm. Show also, me, show me. What about you? I'm, I'm, I'm sure people don't submit their music to you, but I'm. They actually I, do. It's funny. Yeah, I'm certain that you must get a lot of really whack offers for you know oh. Joe Blow. To make a video. Well, it's always funny because they're just like, hey man, you know, I don't have much of a budget, but I promise if we do a video together, yo, you're going to be that next dude. I was like... You're like, I am that dude right now. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm not you're trying like, to be like, you know... No, you should... You're like, yo, homie, chill. <laughs> chill out. It's just funny because there's just... I'm just like, well, did you go to my website yet? I mean, I'm not trying to like name drop, but if you go to my website, there is a portfolio that shows I've shot a video for Beyonce and I've yeah. shot a video for Rocky. So, I mean, unless you plan on being bigger than Beyonce, Beyonce. awesome, yeah. then let's, you know, let's, and I'm not being jaded or anything, you know, about it, like after shooting that, there's nothing bigger. It's just kind of funny because it's like, oh, so you're going to put me on. But it's funny. You can't dismiss people, though, all the time because one of the first artists that did that to me was Drake. You know, uh, I met him. I was a moderator on the Star Trek forum back in the days, and Drake just sent me a MySpace DM back in the days and was just like, Hey man, uh, you should check out this song. You know, I got blah blah. I'm, I'm, you know, I was like, all right, cool, man. You know, I'll, I'll give it a listen. And it went from that to me saying, you know what? Uh, I saw a lot of the forum kids on Star Trek hating on it, and I was like, I don't know, there's something about this dude. I, I definitely want to give him a chance. I think you know what it is. He's just such a genuinely nice guy that that's what made me like listen to it. I was just like, oh, he's being so nice, like. I'm going to listen to it, you know? And then what I did was I was like, look, you know, he approached me on some like, Hey, you know, I don't have a manager or anything yet. So, you know, I'm, I'm hearing like, you know, you're at star Trek. If you could do something for me, even management wise, I was like, look, I've got a friend in Virginia who, uh, is also like kind of on the come up. I think you guys would make a great duo. And, uh, his name was Nicholas F. <laughs> and so I was working with Nick early on in Virginia beach. I mean, uh, uh, well, Nick would come down to Virginia beach. He's from Richmond. And, uh, that was one of those things, you know, random person sending you something just, uh, you know, just, you just don't know what's going to happen, you know? And Drake's one of those situations where I was like, man, like, you I'm not gonna managed, lie. are you telling us you could have managed Drake? <sighs> You know what? You I were did, offered to manage you. I was offered. by Drake. I was offered. There's missing the boat, and then there's missing the, the love boat. Oh, like, that, was, that, like, that was the yacht dog. Like you, Dude, you know. I still. Uh, it's one of those things. You know, I'll cry. You know, <laughs> in fact, I'll, I'll look back at the uh, old MySpace messages. It's like, wow. You know, it was funny because same thing with Lupe early on. It was just like me and Lupe. We hit each other up on MySpace. I'm like, hey, what's up? You know, like. You know, it'd be sick to do some stuff. But for Lupe, it was the other way. I had found him on MySpace, and I had offered to design his stuff. I was like, yo, you know, I was kind of doing graphic design, not even really video stuff. So at that time, I was just hitting up people to do their web design, hook up their MySpace page or something like that, you know. And with uh, Drake, it was funny because I was on that top eight for a long time, on that MySpace top eight list. Wait, you were on his top eight? Oh, yeah. It's funny because I remember he was was just, uh, he wanted to sign to Star Trek. You know, he was a huge Pharrell fan, and I was probably the closest way to get to Pharrell at the time just because I was doing multiple things over there at Star Trek as far as marketing goes. And like I said, Drake's one of those things. And then recently, it was funny, I just shot a video for this kid who just signed a 300, 
and he had sent me a demo like three years ago Damn. or two years ago and you know i was nice i was like hey man you know i, I think this has a lot of potential uh, but you know if you work on these little things i think you could do something and when i shot his video i didn't realize that was that same dude till after we were wrapped and he was like hey check your email from this uh subject i was like yo that's hilarious but you know that just goes to show you don't ever dismiss anyone so no never that and and what you don't want to dismiss are the jewels that jinx is about to share with you and now a psa with brandon jenkins guys we're going to talk about sexting real quick all right here we go (laughs) so with the constant advent of new technology comes new ways to get in trouble which is super real sexting is when you send racy photos of yourself to someone online or from your phone but what you really should do is think before you send photos to someone because um, once you post on the internet and someone has a picture of it, you can't get it back. Like, you think Snapchat's cool, you think you're good. Nah, if they snap it, it's a wrap. You see it happen to your favorite celebrity, and it probably happens to, like, your boys, your homegirl, probably everyone. So for more info, visit www.cybertipline.com. That's cybertipline.com. Um, so, yeah, like, fall back with all that. This has been a public service from WNYU. Brandon, you're really good at that. I just kind of well. You may have a future in this uh, (laughs) PSA reading business. More so, I know about sexting, and yeah, you can get in trouble. It's real. Yeah, we were talking about. I forgot who was here, Dharma. We were talking about sliding into DMs, and you guys taught me what sliding into the DM was. Why, why Emily, did you drop Emily. your? Come oh, on! I didn't know we're still on the air. I thought we're, this was... we're obviously on the air. We're not. There's no music going on. <laughs> what? It, what? But, what did you think sliding into DMs meant? Uh, it's probably very like, confusing for someone who has no. You know, idea. I slide like in bison. <laughs> I, so, so I, I don't know. I, I slide. Is it slip sliding uh, into the DM? It, it's it's, it's like exactly that. Like you're basically. You see somebody, you just jump in. Like, the DMs are like the private situation. So it's like Twitter, and then there's, like, Twitter, and that's the DM. That's, like, the, the underbelly. And then it's the same thing for Instagram. Like, Instagram popped off DMs. So you kind of see someone you like out there. You start throwing messages. I mean, Emily, you could probably speak to this better than I could. I feel like with Twitter, it's kind of more acceptable because, like, you have to follow each other, right? So if you're following them and they DM you, it's like, it's not that weird because it's not some random... Like, Instagram, anyone can send you anything. And it's also, like, Twitter is like you're having conversations. So the yeah. premise is like, I think what you're saying is cool. Even exactly. though you're, like, judging off the picture. Insta- exactly. Instagram's like, yo, your selfie is bomb. What's up? And... <laughs> I don't like Instagram DMs. I, I it's oh, too yeah. weird. It's, I, I it's totally dismiss them. I'm gonna keep it funky, man. I'm actually no. I just said the sexting thing, so maybe <laughs> I just get so many flyers. No, no, not it's not not, not like mm-hmm. outward. I do get. I, I've gotten a flyer from from yeah, IG. Yeah, yeah, you just put your your foot in your mouth there. I'm sorry. <laughs> um, so yeah, yeah www.cybertipline.com. <laughs> But yeah, um, I don't know. I get I've gotten flyers. I've gotten a couple flyers, but it's it's a kind of weird place to talk. It's a weird place to have a conversation with somebody, and that's what messaging is. It's, it's like conversation zone on the internet to talk to somebody. I just it's I still uncomfortable. I love Facebook message. That's my thing. Facebook message is great. It's just like a chat. It's like AIM was back in the day, or like Gchat. Like it's just and, as useful. And you have to have that like the rapport with someone. It's super, and the internet makes it weird because people are always like like the first thing you get is follow back DM. And my thing is like, or when people try to isolate that conversation, I'm like, what do you have to say? Like, what do you, I feel like you're going to try to sell me. It's like, people are like, yo, man, like, let's get on the phone real quick. I'm like, yo, just send me a text so I can understand what we're about to have, what type of conversation we're about to have. Because it just feels like you're, you're walking into a car lot and someone's about to just like try to sell you on something, whether it's their music, their video, or, yo, what are you doing later? You know, something of 
something advantageous for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Anytime somebody tells you listen to my song in the middle of you're tweeting somebody else, and then they tweet both of uh, the I- yeah. individuals. Yeah. I hate that. I'm like, yeah. hey, I'm having a conversation. You just butt in, say, listen to my mixtape. I'm like, you think that's going to make me want to click on your mixtape? It could be like the best mix mixtape in the world, and you've just totally gave me a reason not to check it out. Dude, yeah. I've, I've had people like that. at the worst times. Like once I was in Ferguson, oh, and some guy was like, yo, check my mixtape. I'm like, bro, are you for this real? Like, like, yeah, cats are getting like, like popped out here. And yeah. then once was like, it was like this past, this past summer, and my dog passed away. So, like, you know, it's like a family dog, it's a big deal. And I was like, man, you my dog passed away. And this guy's like, yo, man, my tape is fire. On like, resp- reply to that message. I was like, dude, are, are you, you for real? He's like, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. I'm like, nah, you're done forever. Yeah, like that's just. I, I don't care if that dude turns into Drake down the line. Right. He's done forever. <laughs> no, no, it's just totally disrespect. People yeah. don't have. I think there needs to be like, you know, in school they should have like etiquette for social media. Like that should be a class. Because yeah. kids are growing up with it now, you know. Yeah. Like we should 100 percent of social media classes. Like, yeah, <laughs> that just needs to. No, just because I feel like it's so good, even for just like marketing yourself. Yeah. And in your career, like. You know what's funny about that is like my pops used to talk about handwriting class, right? So like if you look at your parents, like their handwritings are like just oh, bombs, yeah. like yeah. calligraphy. Mine's we, cryptic. Yeah, we don't have. Now that. we can I, type fast. That's what can, it is. Yeah, yeah, we can type, and it's like you have to change the way you teach communication. So like you said, kids are growing up with social media. They're not going to have handwriting. Like I don't even know if they know how to tell time on a on an analog clock anymore. They need. They do need social media class. Yeah. Like here's. I was never able to tell time on an analog clock. No. Just too much, t- like. To do like I'm just give me that digital, <laughs> digital. Oh. yeah yeah I know yeah, just, like, okay. <laughs> times are changing. yo this is 89.1 FM WMYU the name of the show Dharmic is NW3 Radio also known as now where were we we'll be back with the video uh, producer director how would you say something like that yeah uh, whatever to all, get the job all done of the above <laughs> whatever we have to do to uh, show me sure Patuari's here with us <laughs> and we have the two complex folks here young bucks we have uh brandon jenkins mm. and america's favorite it girl miss sporty oh. and rich rich and, what is that sporty and rich sporty and rich you know you already know sporty and rich oberg <laughs> uh we're gonna play some music and we'll be back shortly thank you for listening to Instead of me coming out here and thanking the people that I usually thank or whatever, because all those people who had something to do with, with my album know who they are, I made me a little list of MCs that I wanted to name off that inspired me to, to bring me where I am today, you know? Because honestly, I wouldn't be here without them. So the list goes like this, and it's not in this order, but the list is this. Run DMC, the Beastie Boys, LL Cool J, Cool G Rap, Master Ace, Rakim, Big Daddy Kane, Dr. Dre, all the NWA, KRS-One, Tretch from Naughty by Nature, Nas, Tupac, Biggie, Jay-Z, thank you, because I learned from all of you. Thank you. Yo, NW3 Radio, Peter Oasis, and diggity, 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 Darmic to the Izex. Yo, Darmic, what, what up? What up, what up, what up? Yo, Emily Oberg, you still here? Yes. Emily Oberg causing panic. We have Brandon Jenkins returning for his second time. Yo, what up, what up? You know, Brandon, I was telling Darmic, man, I was like, we got to talk about the current events of the day, which we're going to do later. But there are two people we can't talk about, one being Kanyezy, because we kind of, you know, you get that news wherever you tune in or click on on the internet. And we can't talk about Schmurder. 
Oh, man. I'm tired of talking about Schmurder. Yeah, we're, we're not going to do Bobby Schmurder talk no. today. We are going to do something that actually has to do with Emily Oberg. We're going to talk about uh, the Canadian border. Mm. A very hot topic, but we're going to get to that in a second. Uh, Shomi Patwari joining us for the first time. Shomi is a video director and a pretty great one at that. Shomi was telling us about what it's like to uh, produce on a shoestring budget, what it's like to have Drake hit you up and add you on his top five? Top eight. Top eight list. Oh, sorry. I forgot. MySpace days. Did you ever have a MySpace, Peter? I, of course, I, I had a Friendster, and I was big on Friendster. I had like 2,000 uh, Friendsters. Were you guys on Friendster? I was on Friendster. Friendster was really Yeah, that really was the legit. original. Yeah. yeah. I, I, I was, it was before my time. I got to make sure that my f- profile photo's off, because I'm probably like rocking a trucker hat or something on there. <laughs> Yo, uh, Fred- Von Dutch. Yeah. Wrong. No, never did Von Dutch. <laughs> Pop up the Von <laughs> no, Dutch. No, not that. Yo, Friendster's important. <laughs> Yo, Oberg, are you too young for Friendster? Yeah. Yeah, I'm too young for Friendster. Wow. Look at that. I actually yeah. didn't get a MySpace. I was like around really? my time, but I didn't really? get one. Like I, for whatever reason, I don't know. That's my bread and butter, dude. MySpace, MySpace was like, like I was peak MySpace. Yeah, I was peak MySpace, but I, I didn't get it. MySpace uh, was like when I started started to figure out the internet. It was yeah, like, I was writing like small stories on MySpace, doing like the the profile pictures, add music when you couldn't. Like I was like I knew I knew code. I was like a computer nerd back in the day, but I liked music and all the mm-hmm. stuff I'm into now. And it was like I wish I knew what I was doing back then. Because I, I could have started way early and probably made a lot more money. Apparently, they're getting a lot of views now because of nostalgia. Like they're getting like millions of unique views because people are going back to their pages just to like reminisce. Okay, I think what MySpace did wrong on the rebrand is not going back to their original formula and the original look. Yeah, you know, I think in tech, like we, you know, people always want to be tech forward, which is great. But I think a, a legacy brand like MySpace should have straight up drop their old layout their old capabilities and people would have went back like you said on, on the nostalgia tip but they try to come back on a very very you know clean well designed platform which is great but I don't think we caught on to it what's the name of the other social network that we were using for like a day about a month ago hello 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 I thought that was gonna blow rest I in peace I tried to get on and they, like, they were like nah we don't know you yeah, and then they, they yeah you have to be invited and then they sent me an invite like three days ago I was like nah I'm over y'all yeah, yeah. I'm like yeah Peace. So, Ello did not work out for any of us. Uh, remember yeah. when Google Plus was supposed to work out? I remember a dude tried to get me to. I went to like again. I was a nerd. I went to like this engineering program in high school, and this guy was like, "Yo, man, it's this thing called Gmail. You want to get down? I can send you an invite. You had to get an invite. I could have got like Brandon at Gmail, and I was like, No, nah, I don't know what that is. I'm on AOL. <laughs> and yeah, years later, like there's a thousand Brandon Jenkins. I'll never be able to get my name ever. I, I think the common theme tonight is missing the bus missed opportunities like missed opportunities and it's funny that it you know kind of became this you know a conversation but luckily everyone in this room is somewhat successful at what they do and in, in, in our fields you know we're pretty well known not to pat a little humble brag but <laughs> you know we get the job done in our industries <laughs> and uh but but imagine we did get in early you know to show me imagine you were drake's manager from the you beginning probably wouldn't be big <laughs> but he'd have he, I didn't want to bring that up videos. he'd have great videos so he probably would be big you know I was about to shoot his uh, video for We Made It actually he sent us the money and everything to shoot We Made It with Soldier Boy and uh, we were originally going to shoot it the week the weekend he did uh, Saturday Night Live it was like we were supposed to shoot the video in Canada and it was too cold so he was like yo um, it's too cold this week uh, so we're not going to shoot it, but it would have been great because he was going to come out in the Raptor Stadium and 
do all this crazy stuff with Soldier Boy on the basketball court. So that didn't happen. So he's like, yo, we'll uh, reschedule a flight to next week. Um, you know, it's nothing to him. He'll book a few flights for the crew, and it's like, okay, well, we'll re- reschedule for next week. And then they, uh, Oliver reschedules again. And now this time we're like, yo, they do this thing on Sundays called OVO Dinner. So we'll just film that. It'll be like the whole OVO camp and Soldier kind of like joining this OVO dinner and we'll do that. So we're like, yo, that sounds exciting. Let's make it happen again. It's like, yo, it's too cold. (laughs) So he was finally like, all right, Grammy weekend is coming up. Let's just shoot it at my house. I'm not going to the Grammys. We're just going to have a Grammy party and that's going to be the video. And I was like, yo, this is really exciting. And so we went to Cali. I wasn't going to be the director. I was actually going to be the cinematographer for it. Uh, my friend who produced the Beyonce video was going to be the director for it because it was funny. Like, even though I know Drake, my connection to him now is through somebody else. <laughs> it's just God, it's sad. I know. <laughs> but, uh, so, so like my boy who produced the Beyonce video, uh, Drake's manager is like a big fan of him. <laughs> so Drake probably didn't even know that I was involved with the cinematography aspect of it. So um, we go to Drake's crib to scout the location, and I'm just like. Uh, sighing like oh man this this could have been us <laughs> looking at all these OVO Jordans everywhere he's <laughs> like wow man well it's gonna be kind of awkward and funny when we shoot this video uh, in a few days and so I'm still like excited we're like oh yes this is finally gonna happen we've rescheduled three times but this is it third time's the charm let's make this thing happen then Soldier Boy gets arrested for uh, gun possession and Drake's like alright this video's not happening but I feel bad that you guys came out here so let's just shoot Steve Nash with Obi instead. And, you know, I still got a verse in there. We'll, I'll still be in the video. We can pretty much use the same concept. And then Obi got sick, and the video never happened. Uh, <laughs> Did so, they not do a video for that song? Uh, for Steve Nash? I don't know. I, we were supposed to shoot it just because we, we, you know, we couldn't do a, uh, we made it anymore. And that was actually the second time Soldier Boy canceled on me on something. Like, some, something to do with Soldier Boy being crazy. Got, and I was like, yo, I refuse to ever do anything with Soldier Boy again just because anything he's involved with is somehow, like... Cursed. Wreck- it? Yeah, it's cursed. Yeah, no, nothing against Soldier. Just, I think it's just <laughs> cursed. against you. You're just yeah, bad yeah, yeah. juju. Just, I'm just not... Yeah, it's bad juju, exactly. Because I remember the first time I was going to do it, he was passed out and... Um, it's just a crazy situation in LA. And this every time I go to LA to shoot a video, I don't know. I'm just... It's Soldier Boy gonna miss. pop up. Yeah, right. I'm like, oh, I hope Soldier Boy's not involved somehow because it's gonna get canceled. You know, we we usually don't talk about Drake up here, but although I'm, it's <laughs> it's well known, and I think the first fight that Dormick and ever and I ever had was me defending Drake being one of the greatest rappers of all time, and and Dormick got so mad at me. I did not get so mad at and you. That's I, not true. I screamed I at him. That actually did not happen. Uh, you are we, making something. I, really I think really Dormick, when we put together the reel for next week. You're going to find this? Uh, I'm going to find that show where I, I yell at you. Basically, what happened was that he's like, you know, made a weird face when I mentioned Drake and how much I like Drake. And I was like, it's dudes like you throughout the history of underground hip hop who always <laughs> hate on something that's hot. And then when it's over, you look back and you're like, yo, that, that was the hot stuff. And it happened with happened with Biggie. It did. It, it happened, you know, at Fat Beats daily with Jay-Z. I think the first time I've even heard in Fat Beats Jay-Z was the Unplugged album, which the Fat Beats heads used to play in the fat, in the store because it was backed by the roots and it kind of had this organic element to it. 
So I think that's what we're going to see 20 years from now. The Keep It Real rap fans are going to be like, Drake was great. But you know the funny thing? I like that new Drake album. Like the mixtape? I, lo- I messed with that really heavy. Yeah, I, I, like I, I like him rapping. It's like, kind of like B-sides of Nothing Was The Same. And hopefully it's a transition between his new stuff. But yo, Beat is right. Like, He's killing it, man. He's yeah, out. He's, he's yeah, totally the, is. He totally is. Which is he's been he's not one of the best rappers. He's one of the best artists. And not only that, and, and this is this is a good segue. Okay, Chris Brown tried to make his way oh. to Canada for two big shows this weekend, mm-hmm. and he was turned around at the Canadian border. He was not. He was denied entry into Canada, and the internets said that the almighty, powerful, wise internet says that Drake called the Canadian Mounties and, and told them to uh, tell Chris Brown, just go on, you're going home. And, I think uh, he can make that happen. And uh, I, I think if there's anything that Drake would do, it's definitely playing around with someone's money. Like, he might do, like, the jabs on the record are cool. I don't think anything's going to get physical, but I, def- I definitely think he's into, like, the idea of having power and playing he's with someone's money. very, very calculating smart dude. Wait, so you guys, you, you guys think he could actually have done this? I'm no, not saying he, he would. Yeah, 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 he definitely yeah, yeah, didn't do yeah, that. Yeah, but yeah. it is funny Why to think about if he did, around? because he has a criminal record and it's Canada. <laughs> yeah, Canada's match, right? But you know what? I I feel like, and there's this is a huge thing about artists trying to go into Canada to do shows and getting turned around at the border. They knew Chris Brown had a criminal record prior That's to okay. setting up this tour, and it's supposed to be the promoter's job or the manager's job or the whoever's job to like clear that issue but you know what might have happened is because the community service like the tour got delayed because the community service got like set back yeah. and they might not have anticipated that and I think that might have been what tripped him up I think they dissing their monument it. man Drake is their monument you can't diss that dude like, I think know, they should have like, anticipated everything like the guy his tour got pushed back because yeah. of his criminal record I mean and well because of his ongoing like uh, community service and it's kind of messed up he, he explained how the whole situation went down like the judges didn't explain everything and they kind of left him hanging but we like, can't talk about this without playing the, the Canadian national anthem. Oh, is this it? Emily, is this how it goes? I don't know what this is. I'm American. I rep. I rep the Star Spangled. Canada. No, I only know this part. Oh, Who doesn't know this part? Never he knows Canada. more. All right. So as we talk about the Canadian border, let's talk about the history of American rappers in Canada. Okay, we're gonna go back maybe three or four years. Tony Yayo. The great Tony Ayo, G-Unit, kidnapped or allegedly kidnapped a promoter, held him hostage inside of the hotel room, and from what I know from reading the internet, he was let back into America. I, I guess if you have the right lawyer, you could get out of Canada easily. I think they're cool to let you out as opposed to keep you in. Yes, that makes sense. I, I think they want you to get out of there ASAP. That's why they don't let you come in in the first place. Yeah. And also in music news, the uh, underground or I guess hipster rapper Darmic, you tell you, us what happened this week. Yes, your your friend, very good friend. In fact, well, the first week, first time Peter ever came to my show, he brought her here. Her name is Chippy Nonstop. Oh, I and, know Chippy. Uh, yeah, Chippy's she, the homie. She's like a with, video still with Crayshon. <laughs> oh yeah, that she. I met her at the Carmeloop office that day. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, but anyways, so she lives in LA now, mm-hmm. and she was in Japan doing some shows. On her way back to LA, she lives there, has a boyfriend there, everything. Her life is there. Gets to LAX, gets detained by uh, security. And gets turned around and sent back to Vancouver, where she's actually originally from. Her visa, apparently, allegedly, or whatever, is expired. 
And she is banned from entering America for the next five years. Wow. There's a petition, right? There is a petition. It's not going so hot. Um, a little low on the uh, number of signees, but uh, there is a petition to I'm try to get her, get her, get yeah, her back. I'm sign. Chippy's cool. I actually met her like South by Southwest, which is coming up a couple years ago, and I know like her people, like Michelle over at Audible Treats and stuff. Yeah. That sucks. That's crazy. Chippy's wild. She yeah, is yeah, wild. Yeah, she is. Yeah, I was just like semi-partying with her one night at South by Southwest. Hey, now. Like, no, 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 no. Hey, now. I said semi-partying because, like, you know, all right. Full disclosure. Same direction I managed Chippy nonstop for, Thank you for, for the disclosure. Yeah, that's why, disclosure. She, that's why she came to the show when he brought her. Oh, uh, is this... Did I still owe her a video then? Yes, you did. You did still owe her a video then. Oh, this is at man. that time. I still have the files if you guys need it. More missed opportunities. <laughs> he doesn't manage her anymore. Oh, okay. <laughs> Alright, so, so Chippy was sent back That's She's terrible. in Canada Chris Brown can't get into Canada Emily Oberg, our resident Canadian Do you have any thoughts on this? Canadian No, the Canadian border is known for being strict What are your thoughts on the Canadian border? With the mic With the mic Like about Chris Brown? About, about anything Have you ever had any experience as a Canadian entering the United States? Yeah, it's difficult, but I think that if you try to mess with the system and, like, don't have your papers right, like, you're bound to, you know, get into some sort of trouble. I don't know, Emily. You're out here, like, thugging in the streets. They might not let you back. I got my green card, so I'm straight. Oh, you got your... <laughs> how long have you only been in the country? No, no, no. My mom's American, so uh, that's what, yeah. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Anyone else have any stories to share? You have a story to share, Peter. Yeah, I was once detained on the Canadian border because... Um, I had a mouthwash that somehow set off the alarms in the airport and set off the uh, drug-sniffing dog, and I was taken for a secondary screening and held for a while. Wow. Uh, the person I was with had a computer that had some residue of, of whatever, oh. and it was just a, a, a mess, but you, we were eventually let in because we're nice people, and we're like, hey, listen, we're just here. We're here to perform. And I've recently been back to Vancouver with no problem, so I'm cool with the Canadian border. But if you attempt to step to the Canadian border with some charges, Brendan Jenkins? I have no charges, but I went to Toronto um, last year. And we were going up there for like this um, this Converse event. So I had like, uh, who was there? Vince Staples, LP, Ghostface. So like sick event. But the dude I was rolling with, and I can't name his name, he had some priors, and like like legit priors, and he was really nervous about getting in. And the lady looked at my paperwork, and I'm good, you know, I'm not like flirting with anything that's that's like illegal. But his situation, we knew it was still documented. She was looking at his stuff, and she asked us why we were there, and I said Wu Tang, and she just went crazy and totally stopped focusing on his stuff, passed all his stuff through, and was busy talking to us about like RZA. Oh my god! And I don't know, I mean, I don't know what his paperwork actually looked like, but she never checked it, and we were good, and we just slipped through. Wow. That's amazing. Yeah. RZA came through. Yeah. <laughs> that sounds like a fluke. Wu-Tang forever. We have someone in the studio who's actually been arrested in another country on tour. I would like him to tell his story. DJ Eclipse of the uh, Halftime Show. This is legendary. I know that you ended up in jail somewhere where you shouldn't have been in jail. Yes, that, that wasn't Canada. Are we sticking to Canada stories or you want the other story? <laughs> no, go go ahead, man. Please share. The other story? The other story... Uh, well, first off, I mean, just real quick with Canada. I mean, we've been touring up in Canada for since like uh, 2000, and, and I'd say in the last couple of years, it's gotten a little bit easier to get across for us. You know, I guess also because we've been going for so long now that we know all the ins and outs of what to do, what not to do, where to cross, where not to cross. You know, who's more cool than other people? So, uh, 
it, it's gotten a little bit better, but yeah, I mean, we we would spend three to four hours every, easily every time we go to Canada to get across because they just like take their time going over all the paperwork and you know making sure everything's cool and so that's Canada. Uh, my thing was in Germany, which was um, it was a nonfiction Jedi mind tricks tour, and um, we it was the first show of the tour, and it was uh, in Munich, Germany, and the promoter didn't have our money to, to perform Jedi Mind Tricks had opened me and uh, Nonfiction and Jedi were, were flip-flopping headlining for the whole week so they went on first that night we were supposed to come on first next night so they got paid in full they went on they performed <clears throat> promoter comes up to me he's like yo I don't have you know I have a fourth of what I'm supposed to give you and I'm like well that's that's not gonna fly and that's like, where the you know, fun begins here. mind you we also were in LA the day before on a tour with Hieroglyphics so we flew like that 14 hours to get to Germany to start this one week tour in between of the other tour we were on with Hyro. So the first show, the guy's like, we don't have your money. So I'm like, look, we just flew 14 hours to get here. We're here. We're going to wait until you get the money. He leaves, doesn't come back. The owner of the club comes back like 15, 20 minutes later, like, oh, what's the deal? You guys are going to go on? And I'm like, yeah, we're ready to go on. We're just waiting on getting paid, you know, before we go on. And he's like, oh, well, we gave all the money we had to the promoter. And so I'm like, well, the promoter evidently didn't have enough money to pay both us and Jedi Mind Tricks. So I don't know what you know what you want us to do. We're not doing anything until we get paid. Someone's got to pay us. So he leaves. 30, 40 minutes later, he comes back. And he's like, please, please, just go on, just go on. The crowd's getting restless. We're getting restless. And mind you, Jedi's already performed. It's a sold-out show. It was like 700 people. And the crowd has been restless. So now it's like we're just in the back just waiting. And the whole group's there. Another half hour, 40 minutes go by. Now you, uh, um, the our merch guy came back and he's like, "Yo, he's like, it's getting real wild out there." He's like, I, "You know, I don't know what's going on. Like, it's, people are throwing, sh- sh- you know, stuff and everything." So, owner comes back again and he's like, "Yo, he's like, you guys you got to go on. Like, they're gonna tear the place up if you don't go on." I'm like, and I, and I, I lost it. I was like, "Look, I was like, we are not going on until we get paid our money. I don't care who comes up with it. Give us some money. We'll go on. Otherwise, we're we're just chilling here." So he goes back. Within the next 20, 30 minutes, I see, uh, I hear a commotion. I open up the door from the dressing room. I look out onto the, onto the, into the crowd, and the crowd is on the stage. Like the whole play, it's, a play, it's just like, it was just a melee. I was like, yo, this is, this is rap. We're out of here. So um, we're all in the back, Jedi nonfiction. And the promoter was, our, was nonfiction's ride. Jedi had their own van. So, so he had Jedi, so we were just, you know, stuck there. So. Jedi was like, we'll take as many of y'all as we can fit in our van, and then we'll come back for whoever we can't get. So my eye cool. So I packed the merch guy up with them. I gave them two guys from my group. I stayed behind with one other guy, and they left. Now, while all this is going on, uh, we hear stories that, like, there's a 100 cops, you know, like, in the parking lot and in the venue and just that and the third. And uh, by the time... It's all said and done. You know, we open up the door later, and it's all it's emptied out. It's totally like no one's in there. You see cops in the front of the place talking to uh, the club owners and all that stuff, and me and a few other guys just kind of hanging back, waiting to get picked back up from the Jedi van. So an hour and a half goes by. We're like, "Yo, where are these dudes? Where are these dudes?" Finally, about a dozen cops come backstage and talking German, and we're all like, "What?" And they're like, "Who's nonfiction?" 
and everyone's quiet. And like some dude that was like with the venue, like pointing me out, and he's like, "He's nonfiction. He's in nonfiction." So it's like, "You're you're nonfiction." I was like, "Yes." They're like, where's the rest of the group? I was like, "They left. Like they left where? To a hotel? What hotel?" I was like, I have no idea. I was like, our ride took off. I don't know where we're staying or anything like that. Um, so. Uh, and there was another guy from my group there too, and he got pointed out by the same kid. He's like, he's in the group too. Um, so then they're like, all right, you're under arrest. Come with us. And I'm like, under arrest for what? And they're like, destruction of property, inciting a riot. Like they they like threw all these things at us. And I was like, yo, we haven't left this backstage dressing room. We, you know, we're, we're, and they don't they don't want to hear it. They take us in, take us to jail. Um, Give them the whole story, tell them the whole deal about not getting paid, whatever. They, they, they you know, put us in jail overnight. The next morning, um, they uh, they say, all right, look, you know, you want to pay this fine, and we'll let you out. Uh-huh. So we ended up paying, I think for both of us, it ended up being like, uh, it was 3,000 euros, so like $4,000. So we paid $4,000 to get out of jail. Um, and we missed the show that day, which was in Berlin. So we picked up the next show, which I think was Amsterdam. So that was a, a headache, right? So now I'm like, F Germany. I'm never going back to Germany, you know, whatever. Um, that was 2005. The next year, 2006, I go back on a European run, not even to Germany. I'm in, I'm in Denmark, Amsterdam, Spain. After the show in Spain, I'm back at the hotel sleeping. There's a knock on my door, 5 a.m. Like, I wake up. I'm like, hello? And like, I open up the door. It's the police. And they're like, let me see your passport. I show my passport. They're, they're like talking to each other. They look at it, like, I come with us. I'm like, for what? They're like, you're under arrest. I was like, under arrest for what? I'm not doing anything. I'm sleeping. It's Inciting 5 a.m. A I'm in the hotel. They don't even know why they're arresting me. They can't tell me. So they bring me to the station. I spend the night in jail over there. Finally, in the morning, a guy comes out and says, uh, you know, because of your past incident in Germany, it's still showing it as a red flag in the system. And there's a, a, a collective of European countries known as Schengen countries, and they can choose to side together on any of these, these, these things. So basically, there's like 20 countries now that can pick or choose whether or not to let me in. So now I'm like, all right, great. So then I'm like, whatever. So then they give me a documentation saying that the ban was over in 2009. So this was 2006. So I'm like, all right, I'm staying out of Europe for three years. Cool. 2009 ends, 2010, I go back to Europe. Boom, on tour, 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 get to Berlin, go through passport, through customs. They pull me aside. I'm like, what's going on? I'm like, you're under arrest. I'm like, what? Am I under arrest? They're like, we're showing that you still have a red flag in the system. I'm like, nah, I had the paperwork with me that Spain had given me saying the thing was over in 2009. The guy was like, you're right. That's exactly what it says. But it happened in Germany and we're a German, you know, country, uh, city. And um, this is, you know, what it says. And it's sorry. So we can't let you stay here. My next show, we were on our way to Russia. We weren't even in Berlin except for cutting through the airport. So uh, they were like, we're going to let you go on to Russia, but you can't, you know, you, you can't stay within Germany. Um, so they, they, they held my passport. They let me stay the night in, in Berlin, but they, they obviously had to go back there to get the passport. So I go the next morning. I missed the, that show that night. Catch the next flight to Russia. Go to Russia, do the two shows. Everything's cool. We fly to Poland. As soon as I land in Poland, I get arrested again in Poland. So then I'm like, yo, this is it. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm like, I can't, I can't do it anymore. So I, I, I spent the night at the airport. They gave me, they, I had to get the next flight out to uh, the U.S. in the morning. 
flew back home, and then I had to get get a lawyer. I had to hire a lawyer, and the lawyer cleared it up, and I've been fine ever since. So I'm going to assume you can't go to Canada then. <laughs> yeah, I can. I've never had a problem. I personally have never had a problem going to Canada. Some of the people I travel with have problems, but that that doesn't show up on my record. It's 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 all it's never been an issue. So and that was DJ Eclipse sharing his tour Sorry story. Sorry for taking up most of the show. <laughs> we have, uh, being wrapped. That uh, was an I'm, incredible I'm like, story. I'm yeah. so scared to go to wow. Europe now, man. Like yeah, we just I just went with uh, Migos. <laughs> Versace, Versace, Versace to Paris. Yeah, they were good. They That's shot the video saying. there, and yeah, was we, good. Shot, we shot a video there, and um, I was like, oh man, because originally we were gonna shoot a video with them through Fader uh, for a song called Southside, and that incident in DC just had taken place like a week prior, and so I was already like, man, something's gonna happen. Like we shouldn't shoot this video, and so we go to Atlanta. I get a call from a uh, uh, think Coach K or uh, one of his guys. And it's just like, yo, these guys do not feel like shooting a video yet. They're just not in the mood right now, blah, blah. I was like, oh, man, okay. Well, a month later, uh, Joseph, Jasbo, <laughs> hits me up. He's like, you want to go to Paris tomorrow? I'm like, for what? Like, this just sounds crazy. He's like, shoot Amigos video? I'm like, okay, this sounds very risky right now. <laughs> is Soldier Boy coming? <laughs> yeah, right? As long as Soldier Boy's not, Which is funny because I had seen Soldier Boy and... <laughs> And uh, with Migos to kind of confront him about the whole Drake situation, I was like, yo, man, we missed an opportunity. That could have been it. <laughs> we made it could have been huge. But no, so I was like, yo, man, you know, like, okay, we're going to shoot this uh, video with Migos. Hopefully nothing happens bad, you know. Came close to something bad happening in Amsterdam. Uh, I don't know if I want to go too much details into it, but it's like, you know, like... No one's listening. You could you could right, tell us. Right, right. No, then, then I get... It's just, uh, it's just us. Right. <laughs> no, no, it, it was nothing crazy. It was just like somebody had uh, talked, like somebody had made a comment about calling uh, Quavo. We were at a, a coffee shop in Amsterdam, and somebody across the table just looked like some crazy, like, mob dude. This big mob dude, like, was just, like, eyeing them the whole time. And then, it, then uh, Quavo's brother overheard the word Chief Keef. And they were like, "Well, is he calling him Chief Keef?" I was like, "Oh no, this wow, is not good because yeah. they are, you know, they, they have are, beef." Yeah. yeah. So I was like, "No, not now. We're almost done with this video. Amsterdam's the last spot that we're supposed to shoot. I don't want anything happening." Quavo's brother is just like, "Yo, what'd you say about us? Blah blah. Why are you looking at us?" And then the other dude that's across the room is just like, "What? You guys want to take it outside?" I was like, "Oh my god. I mean, usually these guys are strapped up, but we're in uh, somewhere in Netherlands, somewhere like." They're not strapped up. Like, I don't want this to happen now. And so, like, everything's going good. You know, I'm like, oh, man, this went really smoothly. We're almost done with this video shoot. And this situation got so tense because they just kept looking at each other. And somehow Offset was like, yo, man, we're in somebody else's country. And I, I just don't want to have any bad blood with anybody. And Offset was, did the grown man thing, came up to him and said, hey, look, no, you know, like, we, we didn't want to start any trouble with you guys. We just felt like, you know, you were talking about us. And the other guy's like, look, I actually have guys that are, like, fans of yours. You know, I didn't mean anything bad by it by calling him Chief Keef or anything. <laughs> you know, some dudes from, like... Mistaken identity. Yeah, exactly. But it's the wrong mistake, wrong, wrong person sure. of all people to call him that, you know? And so... Um, it ended with a bunch of group hugs and uh, handing out their mixtapes, and we were gone. We were like out of there, shot our scenes, and left. And so came close to being in a bad situation and uh, out of the country. That's a good missed opportunity. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so yeah, it was, it was intense. I was like, 
and it was funny because like these other dudes were calling like these other guys uh like like the dude that was like beefing with like amigos i guess calling all these dudes to come to the uh coffee shop all these i'm not trying to be stereotypical but these dudes are like face tats with teardrops and things like that and i was like okay um looks like these guys aren't playing you know they look like they they want it with the amigos and you know we worked it out uh we're, we're here we shot amigos video that's insane <laughs> you know so that was that was a close one <laughs> show me thank you for the story yeah you know I, I think this is the reason we do this show because <laughs> you know what most people see are the finished results or oh. the, the final product yeah you know and not knowing what goes on behind the scenes and what it takes to to get some stuff done whether it's making a record or a video or or even being brandon jenkins or emily olberg i mean you guys are young and i'm sure you have a a growing fan base and and some of your fans may not be that friendly i I know that emily must have some stalkers emily um no they're all pretty nice they they support they support everything i love it yeah i want to congratulate emily olberg while she's here uh you can check out style.com uh they did a little piece on emily and her brand her brand sporty (laughs) and rich Yes. Is that sporty and rich? Sporty and yeah, it was brought to my attention by Dana Arbib, who has been a guest on the show before. And I just want to congratulate you. You're doing big things, Oberg. Yeah, you know, maybe maybe, maybe you and Show Me can collaborate somehow. Yeah, this love lookbook. That. We'll do a lookbook. Like, no video. Yeah. Let's do a video. No video. Dharma, how do you feel? I feel that like you know we should really. This is a place where we could. You know, kind of make some connections and, mm-hmm. and good things will you come of it. definitely bring people together. That's why I love it here. That, that's the point. That's why we do it. We enjoy it. That's really the, the main thrill of it is, is letting people connect with each other and, you know, mm-hmm. and have things happen. I like that. Yeah, I want to thank everyone who's listening. Um, you didn't get to hear as much music as we usually play, but that's because the... Technical uh, difficulties. Yeah, you know, whatever went wrong did go wrong, and that's fine. We can't be perfect all the time. It's um, college radio. What, what you're hearing is basically us devoting a lot of time to uh, something that, you know, is is very hard to operate and, you know, kind of... Arbitrary in a lot of ways. And let's remind everyone out there that this is live. We this cannot live. go back and More edit importantly, it. There's not even a five second delay. Like there's like a lot of radio stations have a five second delay, but we don't have that. Like we're literally live. So yeah, what you hear is what you get, and uh, sometimes that happens as a result. Roll with it. Yo, exactly. Brandon Jenkins, what are you working on over at Complex? Um, man, I'm still doing like the daily news stuff. Uh, what we did to well, I guess yesterday, I'm kind of losing track of the days. Um, was pretty dope. It was like kind of my first participation in a mini doc. I want to do more stuff like that, and I'm kind of just cooking and keep my eyes open, man. Just like trying to watch what's going on and and sink my teeth deeper into the into the mix. Emily, what are you working on? Um, working on a few mini docs for Complex for mm-hmm. our Originals channel, um, and then daily news always. And uh, Complex uh, Media announced this week a partnership mm-hmm. with the one and only Spike Lee. Spike is actually um, he was I, he's from my my college man. He went to Morehouse in Atlanta, and um, he was there when I walked across the stage to get my diploma. And he's wow. um, he's an interesting guy, but he's he's in the fold now. Yeah, I feel like that'll be very helpful for us. Emily has a nice picture on her Instagram with uh, <laughs> Spike Lee from the uh, Bed-Stuy block party this past summer. I love him. I can't wait to see what he does with us. I don't know how 
how much he's going to be involved. So I'm interested to see what that'll be like. But I mean, he's got he's got his years in the game. He's got his insight. I think he's yeah. some of the stuff he's done has been hugely influential, especially to kids who are just like, especially because they're surfing the net, um, whether they know what it means or not. So I mean, whether it's like a lot of words or actual hands on a camera, um, you know, I'm sure whatever he does is going to be always impactful. Look, look up a scene. I always, I'll always look up like a scene from a Spike Lee movie just to get like some ideas. Just the way he shoots it, the mm-hmm. color, everything about it, the styling, just it's perfect. Like, yeah, it's I know, but but Spike Lee's taking jobs away from guys like you. Show me, really? Mm. Well, it's always like this idea. Come on, of like, man. Do we go with like the guys who are like super storied, or do we go with like young talent that's making dope stuff? Because if I'm looking at what I'm on the internet in the last couple, like let's say years, uh be honest man i like i watched the old spike lee joint but like it's talking about what i've spent on the internet in the last like not even years last month it's like show me his videos you know like it's i can name his videos you know what i mean Mm -hmm. where it's like i might have a limit with some some of the older guys and i think there's a time about like handing over like the baton and like the new guys coming in you you don't have to hand it over. i'm my my theory on this is that if, if you could continue to do dope stuff well into your career 20 30 years later that's good but there's a lot of people that just rest on the fact that they were fresh you know 20 years ago mm-hmm. and and they'll get looks because they were fresh 20 years ago and i don't think that's fair but if you're still showing up you know and, and you fight in the fight and, and you win in fights mm-hmm. you know so be it you should be where you are i think but i also think it's cool for like dudes who've been in the game to try to find ways to reinvent themselves and spike's like a big you know movie dude he's in some broadway stuff which is ill mini docs but i think it's dope if maybe we can see him do some web content with what like complex's brand isn't necessarily what you would think of when you think of spike lee so it'd be cool to see him in our arena playing around and, and flexing nice this is wnyu 89.1 fm the halftime show's coming up my name is peter oasis dharmic x is my homie show me patwari where can people find you on the internet www.illusivemedia.com Brandon Jenkins, where, where do your fans find you? Not at cybertipline.com. You can find me mostly on complex.com. Uh, you guys just dig through the site. You'll find the new stuff. Or on Twitter, uh, jersey underscore jinx. Um, no DMs about mixed. Actually, you know, send me your stuff. It'd be cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to thank Brandon and, and Emily for taking the time to come up and join us because you guys are very busy. I like when you guys have uh, Next week is our one-year anniversary. We have... Oh, bunch of people coming through we got the homie coming through from supreme got a bunch of rappers and uh i'm sure we'll come up with something else like we have to some stuff out also fetty wap if you are in the audience and you can hear this please come to our show i can probably reach out to him thank you brandon jenkins we're out for tonight halftime show squeeze time show coming up peace